the biggest sports stories of the week. So he's not going to leave Jordan Love the covered bear for Jordan Love. We know that. He's, he's going to look out for his guy. So, uh, I, Kyle, Kyle liked that. Kyle, Kyle. That was funny. That was funny. What? I'm serious. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite team. What would happen if Brian Gutekunst sat up at a press conference and said, I made a mistake. Plus some fun with pop culture. So you'd never needed to stop for dinner at Magic City like Lou Williams did? I mean, does anybody actually believe he just he chose that just for dinner? Like, does he think that's working? This is Sunday Carla. The, the yeah. unibrow, like, because I'm kind of like Bert. <laughs> like, when, like, if I don't get the, the eyebrows done, I just have one eyebrow, pretty much. But since COVID, I haven't had any of that. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios at Radio City, alongside his precocious daughter, Harper, here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Carmison. The football gods are shining down on us already. Or should I say raining down on us already Week one. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome into Sunday Karma. No Craig today. Brian Zian as your cousin subs of the day. Kyle Wallace in his normal spot producing the program. We're hanging out with you until noon, taking you right into Green Bay game day on the Tundra Trio Radio Network across ESPN Wisconsin. Football gods raining on us, Kyle. What I mean by that is... There is not a temptation to do anything other than watch football today because of the weather outside. Absolutely. I can't wait. I woke up and saw it was pouring, and I was like, yes. Because the Packers don't play till 325, but normally your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is, they'd say, Packers don't play till 325. We can make use of the day. We can go sit outside at brunch during the noon games. We can maybe go apple picking, get some apple cider donuts. By the way, I love all those things. Let's go walk the dog in the park. Let's take the kids out for a stroll by the lake, right? I love all of those things, just not on NFL Sundays. But the temptation is there to do all of that stuff when the weather's nice, especially in September and October in Wisconsin. We love fall. Today, no excuse No temptation, no nothing to do any of that stuff. It is park your tush on the couch right now for Sunday Karma. Park your butt in front of a radio or a TV for the noon games and for Green Bay game day across ESPN Wisconsin. Make your cover five picks. We'll get through ours at the end of the show and watch football all day long. Thank you to the football gods for blessing us with the worst weather day we've had in nine months. Just in time for us to do nothing but watch NFL football. Plenty to get into today, and a lot of it's going to be Packers or related. We would love to hear from you. Old National Bank Talk and Text Line 800-990-3776. Get old. I want to start with this, Kyle. Which player on the Green Bay Packers are you most excited to watch play today? Because we got some breaking news as we woke up this morning. No David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins, no Alan Lazard. Lazard, we kind of knew was going to be the case, right? He had an ankle issue. Apparently he got stepped on. And I'm curious to talk to Jason Wildy coming up at 1030 and get the severity of that injury because 
that's a big deal, losing your top wide receiver in a lot of ways. Uh, but we kind of expected that. He was doubtful, didn't practice throughout the week. Bakhtiari and Jenkins, I think Jenkins was more expected because he tore his ACL on the field the Packers are playing on today. So I think in addition to the physical stuff with Elton Jenkins, there's a mental aspect to, do I really want my first game to be back at the place where the scene of the crime happened, so to speak, where I went down AstroTurf field, you don't feel good about it, maybe let's just do this at home next week. Bakhtiari is the surprising one to me because Rob Domofsky reported, I think it was Monday of ESPN.com this week, that Debach was on track to play and everything was hunky-dory and David said all the right things. And now it almost feels like the Packers are saying, do we really have to do this today? We want to do this today, but do we have to? So they're pumping the brakes. I'm curious if that's just precautionary uh, or if it's something bigger, maybe a setback with his knee. We'll ask Jason Wildey coming up at 10.30 as well. But the player I'm most excited to watch today is the dude that's likely going to be filling the void left by Alan Lazard because of that ankle injury. That's Sammy Watkins. He's almost the forgotten man of this Packers wide receiving core in a lot of ways because throughout the offseason since Devontae Adams was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders in March, we've spent time talking about Christian Watson after he got selected. And he got injured during training camp. And we spent time talking about Romeo Dobbs during training camp and during the preseason because he was the guy that popped off. He was the guy that flashed. We've spent time talking about Amari Rogers, whether he's going to take another step in year two. We've spent time talking about what Randall Cobb has left in the tank. We've spent time talking about whether Juwan Winfrey deserves to be on this roster. Or is it Samari Torre, right? We've talked about all those guys. Sammy Watkins has kind of just been going about his business. And he's the one guy that has NFL experience, that has had 1,000-yard seasons, that's made big plays in the National Football League around MVP-caliber quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. He started his career in a big way in Buffalo, right? So he's going to have to be the guy, I think, that if the Packers win this football game today, steps up in a big way. So as we tee up this question, 800-990-3776, which player are you most excited to watch? The easy answer is Aaron Rodgers, obviously, because we miss watching him sling that pill all over the field. But who's he slinging it to is the biggest question. I think it's Sammy Watkins today. I'm fascinated to see how it plays out, and I think Watkins is going to be the guy. So wait, you're trying to tell me the guy that you want to see play is the guy that basically was injured most of last season, correct? Correct. And then the season before that really he is the guy that could unlock the Packers' offense today. I but don't. Think is he the guy we're really depending on to yes. unlock? The, this is what I'm That's depending on. At. Is Sammy Watkins is who I'm depending on? That's, we are in a heap of trouble. That's where we're at today. And I know it's a scary proposition, but welcome to de- to life after Devontae Adams, right? Because I wish we could be having this conversation about Alan Lazard, a guy that we've seen done it, do it before in Green Bay. He's out today. It's too much to ask of Christian Watson, especially because he didn't play in the preseason. Like, I'm not expecting big production out of Christian Watson today. That's a big jump to make from North Dakota State to... Week one NFL, I need you to produce. Romeo Dobbs, same deal. Looks great in the preseason. Welcome to the NFL week one. Different stage, right? So I would love to, to trust one of these young guys. It's hard to ask in week one. This is where we're at, where this is the guy that's done it before. He's the only guy out there that's done it before. And I think this is going to be a game where the Packers have to score some points. This isn't going to be a 17-14 affair because when the Packers have struggled against the Vikings in the past... They haven't been able to slow down the run game. And last time I checked, Dalvin Cook is still there. 
Justin Jefferson, still there. Adam Thielen, still there. They still got some weapons. Now, Kirk Cousins, different animal, right? You need that guy to show up and produce, and that's been the one thing he hasn't been able to do in the past. But I think the Packers are going to have to score today, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be in some situations where he throws the football because the Vikings know the Packers are going to try to attack us on the ground a little bit. That's the strength today. It's so, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Now, so shouldn't that lead to my point of shouldn't it be Aaron Rodgers as the one that you're most anticipating seeing? Not because, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's because you said it. No Devontae. You don't have Alan Lazard. I don't know how healthy Bobby Tunyon's going to be coming sure. back off the ACL. So I, what I'm trying to say is Aaron Rodgers is a guy that this is his chance to show he can spread the football around when he's not focused on a great wide right receiver like we had in Devontae Adams. That's who I want to see. I want to see how great – I know Aaron Rodgers is great, but how great is he when he legitimately has washed up receivers? Because I'll say it, Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins are washed up. You already talk about <laughs> Watson being a young guy. Dobbs, he is not – you know, it's going to be his first – NFL regular season game. So this is what I want to see. I want to see how the greatness of Aaron Rodgers can truly elevate this Packers offense today. Aaron Rodgers is like 1B. If Sammy's 1A for me, Rodgers is 1B. But I sort of know what you're going to get from him on the football field, right? Like we've seen that for 15 years now. I'm curious to watch Aaron Rodgers when things don't go right today. Because there are going to be moments where things are clunky, where somebody runs the wrong route, where somebody drops a pass. It's just, it's the inevitability of young wide receivers in the NFL. It's going to happen today. It doesn't mean the Packers are going to lose today, but there are going to be those moments where we've seen, uh oh, here comes the Microsoft Surface tablet throw. Here comes the sideline eye roll, right? We've seen it before. So, Aaron can't have those today. He needs to go to the sideline and say, hey, keep your head up, kid. We need you on the next drive here in a close football game on the road against the divisional foe, right? So that's where I'm curious to watch Aaron. is. Aaron's going to do the right stuff. He's in year four of LaFleur now, right, uh, of this offense. So, I mean, it, it, they all compound together, right? Because 19 was the first year, 20 was the COVID year, 21 was last year. This is year four in this system. You got full command. You got full autonomy to change stuff. I trust Aaron in this offense. He knows what he's supposed to do, where he's supposed to be, where the ball's supposed to be. The other guys don't. So That I, is I don't, 100% true, and that's why I'm mad that Sammy Watkins did not play a single snap. Yeah. In the preseason. But again, we'll see. I'm hoping you're more optimistic about Sammy Watkins. Hopefully he can turn the clock back to 2019, pre-2020. Mm-hmm. And we can see a better Sammy Watkins than what we've seen these last couple of years. But hey, we'll see. We'll see. So who are you most excited to watch today? 800-990-3776. The phone number to get in on the old National Bank talk and text line. For me, it is Sammy Watkins. For Kyle, it is Aaron Rodgers. We haven't talked at all about the defensive side of the ball. There are some fun guys to watch on that side. We'll get to that on the other side and talk a little bit more about what this offensive line is going to look like with no David Bakhtiari and no Elton Jenkins. Make sure you get your Cover 5 picks in, by the way. Cover5.com. Download the Cover 5 app. This is like the coolest thing we've done in a while, I think, on ESPN Milwaukee in terms of promotions. It's free to play. So you make your picks against the spread. You pick five games in the NFL every single week, it's free. Did I mention it's free? You sure did. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Every week, somebody's going to win 100 bucks cash, cold hard cash, and it's free to play. So you invest nothing. If you get more points than everybody else, you win 100 bucks cash. Then at the end of the year, Grand Prize winner gets a Tundra Trio experience 
uh, at next season. Now, we can't turn it around this season. Turnaround time was just a little too quick. But the Tundra Trio are luxury tailgate homes in the shadow of Lambeau Field. It's the best. People do not know how dope the Tundra Trio. Like, I, I've worked here for years, and I never got to go to the Tundra Trio. I just heard about it, saw pictures. Last year, I was you guys were doing the show together, you oh, yeah. and, and Craig, and I was at the Tundra Trio. Yeah. Incredible experience. It's the best. It was all over my Instagram and Snapchat. It was you that cool. You hang out in the backyard, you walk 10 yards, and you're in the stadium. But at the Tundra Trio, food, top shelf liquor, drinks, TVs, it's all there for you. You can stay warm if it's a cold weather game. So that's the grand prize. More of the story here. Sign up for Cover 5 immediately and make your picks. We will make our picks during our Palermo's Picks segment coming up at the end of the show. Offensive line and defense. What do we expect today? That's on the other side. It is Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. <sighs> okay. Here we go. Yeah, I'm afraid like I'm scared as a dog, but I've got a new song and I want y'all. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. No Craig today. Brian D. in as your cousin's sub of the day on this week one NFL Sunday. Kyle Wallace in his normal spot. We are with you until noon. Taking you into Green Bay game day across ESPN Wisconsin and on 620 WTMJ. Greg Matzik and our new teammate Gary Ellerson got your pregame coverage right up to kickoff. And then postgame pack attack, as always, we've got Homer, we've got Gabe Neitzel, we've got Mark Tauscher, Jason Wildey, and Jason's going to join us in just about 10 minutes' time here to preview this big-time road matchup in the NFC North on this Week 1 NFL Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. We're asking you... During Sunday Karma on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 800-990-3776. Which Packer you're most excited to watch today? I picked Sammy Watkins. Not because I'm not interested to see how Aaron Rodgers adapts to all these young dudes, but because he's kind of been the quiet man of the receiving core throughout the preseason and throughout training camp. We've heard storylines from everybody else. From Christian Watson's injuries to Romeo Dobbs popping off a little bit to Amari Rogers and Randall Cobb and what they're going to have. I'm curious to see if Sammy's actually got anything left or if he is, as uh, Kyle Wallace so beautifully dubbed it in the last segment, washed. Is he washed? We're going to find out. I mean, here's the thing. We heard about all these other people. You would have thought you may have heard something, but I think I heard a couple stories about Sammy Watkins did have one good practice, but it didn't seem like he stood out like that. So the the one comment that stuck out to me about Sammy that Mm -hmm. underscores everything we're talking about is after the joint practices with the New Orleans Saints, you remember those up there in Green Bay a couple of weeks back? Aaron Rodgers said... After those joint practices, Sammy Watkins has been a different player. He's been making plays. He has been flashing in practice, right? So I wonder if it was just, oh, I need to get hit by somebody else to up my game. Because sometimes that happens, right? Uh, And he didn't get hit in any preseason games. He didn't play in any preseason games. So that's the one thing. When the quarterback pats you on the back, because we've seen him do both, right, Kyle? We've seen Aaron... Uh, throw guys metaphorically under the bus, and conversely, we've seen him pat guys on the back. The Jake Kumaros of the world, the Jeff Janis of the world. If he likes you, he'll gas you up. That was the first time we saw Aaron gas up Sammy Watkins a little bit, and there were no throwing Sammy under the bus moments throughout training camp. So that has at least piqued my interest a little bit. 
he is the guy I'm most curious to watch today because he's the unknown man of this wide receiver core. Now, the flip side of the ball is going to be fascinating too because the last time we watched the Green Bay Packers play in that 13-10 divisional round loss to the San Francisco 49ers at Lambeau Field, it wasn't the offense that was impressive to us. The offense was ugly. It devolved into five-step drop and a heave to 17 from Aaron Rodgers at the end of that game. It was scary. It was ugly. That was not offense that was pretty to watch, and the weather had something to do with that, but I think it was a lack of execution more than anything else, and obviously we didn't have to uh, recount some of the special teams issues that happened in that football game. Defensively, though, Rashad Gary was an animal in that game. Kenny Clark looked really good in that game. Preston Smith was all over the field. Devondre Campbell, that secondary grew to a different level last year, right? So I'm curious to see if Rashawn Gary can take even another step this year because there are two words in football, Kyle, that may be the most motivating words, and those are contract year. And Rashawn Gary got his fifth-year option picked up, right? But he's looking for a big money deal. He's looking to get paid like one of the top pass rushers in the National Football League. And if he balls out again this year, he will be. And his future in Green Bay will be secured. But it starts with him building upon what he established all of last season that culminated with a performance in that divisional game where he had two sacks. He had three tackles for loss. He was all over the field. He was making stops in the run game late in that football game against the team that you knew was going to run the football at you with Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. He was the best player for the Packers in that game. It wasn't anybody on offense. It wasn't anybody in the secondary. It was Rashawn Gary. So, Offensively, I'm curious to watch Sammy today. Defensively, it's can Rashawn Gary elevate his game from damn good pass rusher to you're one of the top five guys in the NFL? It seems like he's been absolutely dominant during practice this year. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to see. So if he is the guy, he becomes a stud, he becomes a top five pass rusher, which I believe he's trending in that way, that's going to pay dividends for the Green Bay Packers defense. But you know who I want to see? I want to see the first-round draft pick. I like both of them, yeah. but I want to see Quay Walker. Is it, again, is he that guy that's sideline to sideline, a guy that can drop back in coverage? Because we already saw that Campbell is an all-pro. He played at that level. He for got sure. paid very well for that level of play that you had last year. If you can add another linebacker, because as a Packers fan, what we didn't do, we didn't draft inside linebackers very early. I know Nick Barnett might be the last one we drafted in the first round. They've never until, done that, right? Until Quay Walker. So can Quay Walker come in and give you that one-two dynamic punch on the inside? That means the Packers defense will live up to the hype that it has been getting, especially from Brett Favre Yep, here on uh, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. No doubt. Uh, I'm going to be excited to see that. Yeah, Brett Favre said with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy uh, that the Packers were going to score 30-plus points per game this season, which... I didn't necessarily think that would, that was probably a bolder prediction than no, extremely bold than the Packers being a top five defense, which he also said, right? He yeah. said they could even lead the league in defense if all of these things that we're talking about come to fruition. And we already know, Kyle, they've got studs in the secondary. They, right? they sure do. Like, They're that's, loaded. That's proven. And the safety position is maybe the weakest, but you've still got some dudes back there. You have some solid dudes back there. With Amos and Darnell Savage, when they're healthy, they're damn good. But on the perimeter... You've got a healthy Jair Alexander back uh, after he hurt his shoulder early last season against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's good to go. Eric Stokes filled in admirably when he had to in his rookie year, and he's fast as you know what. Uh, And then Razul Douglas, opportunistic with those pick sixes last year, just an absolute revelation. So you feel good if you have to go into nickel as well. Um, 
I really like the secondary. So you add that all up, you've got different maker, difference makers on the defensive line, like fuel tilters is, is the way uh, we like to describe them. Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. If Quay Walker develops into the dude that you want him to be in an uh, impactful first-round pick, you've got two field tilters at the linebacker position, and the secondary's been good. So that all adds up to what Brett Favre talked about with Jen Gabe and Chewy, which is top-five defense in the National Football League. Can the offense supplement that with enough points? And so we in last year, you talked about, we saw that in the 49ers game, the last game of the season last year in the playoffs, the defense did enough. I mean, they did not stop him on the last drive, but throughout the game, they did enough to give the offense a chance, give Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the NFL last season, an opportunity, multiple opportunities to win that ball game. If that defense can do that week in and week out, the Packers are going to, again, be in a great position to have a great season. Yep. It's just when it comes. <laughs> I need Aaron Rodgers to step up in the playoffs now. That's what I need. They gave up six points. In that game, right? Because I'm not putting the, the punt block in the Heavens, Niners no. game on the defense. No. That's ridiculous, right? That's and, and that's the other thing. Like, we've talked offense. We've talked defense. What special team's going to look like Who's today? our kicker? Is, is, is our kicker? Is Mason back today? I don't I know. I think Mason's back, but I haven't seen him kick a football in nine months. Right, and he spent the entire off season recovering from a, a, a minor knee procedure. Right, so, but Mason's got the guy that I trust the most uh, on special teams. Who's uh, punt and kick returns? Right, is that going to be any better? Is coverage going to be any better? Are they going to get the right amount of guys on the field, which they failed to do on the final Robbie Gold kick return uh, uh, field goal for to, to win in advance in that playoff game? Right, what impact? Does Rich Basaccia actually have on this special teams unit, or do those miscues rear their ugly heads once again in Week 1? It's going to be fascinating. There's so much to watch in this game today. Kickoff at 325, and our pregame coverage here across ESPN Wisconsin starts at noon with Greg Matzik and our brand-new teammate Gary Ellerson. Excited for Green Bay game day coming up at noon. Even more excited, though, before that, to talk to Jason Wilde. We'll get his preview coming up next on Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Jason Wilde is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Brian D in for Craig Karmazin on Sunday. Karma taking you right into Green Bay game day with Greg Matzik and Gary Ellerson. That's coming up at noon across ESPN Wisconsin. Post game as always, Pack Attack Homer, Gabe Neitzel, Mark Tauscher. Right as the clock hits triple zero. Joining both of those shows and joining us now, he's our Packers reporter. He is Jason Wilde. Morning, Jason. Happy week one. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? I am spectacular. Kyle and I were talking off the top of the show how the weather couldn't have cooperated any better for us to do nothing but watch football all day. There's not even a temptation to do anything otherwise as we're getting totally washed out. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you know, I would think no matter what the weather is when it comes to the Packers kickoff at 325 in the opener uh, that people would watch, even if it was a beautiful sun splash 78 degree day 
in September. But, uh, yeah, no temptation right now. Absolutely. Well, Jason, a couple of guys that are going to be watching today and not playing, uh, but they'll be watching from the sideline, uh, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Alan Lazard. Uh, I want to start with Debach and Elton because uh, I think there was some some positive feeling about those two guys heading into week one. Uh, are these decisions that they're not going to play based upon setbacks or just kind of playing the long game for the Packers? Yeah, I think they're. I think this is definitely a uh, the the thought process is to play it safe long term. Now, uh, I do want to emphasize that this is uh, this is a report from the Green Bay Press Gazette, so we don't know this for certain. But um, you know, I don't think anybody should necessarily be surprised by this either. Um, you know, it did seem like this had been their kind of thought process, and they'd been dropping these breadcrumbs throughout camp that even after both those guys came off the PUP list, that that didn't necessarily mean they would play in the opening week. And so I do think it's interesting that they are going to play it safe with them. If that's in in fact the case today and potentially next week as well, uh, I think Ryan Wood reported. So look, they have been through the ringer and David Bakhtiari certainly has been through the ringer uh, with his recovery um, he's played 27 snaps of actual football since he suffered the injury on New Year's Eve 2020. So I get it. I understand their thought process. At the same time, um, I do think, you know, if, if you're frustrated as a Packers fan, totally understandable. Um, but I don't think – and Mark Tauscher, who I obviously think is brilliant, even when he drives me up the wall um, – has made this point a couple of times now, and I think it's a really important one. And that is that the circumstances of playing them in this game today are not ideal for guys that are coming off of such major injuries. And, and the reason he says this is, and this is a guy who a tore his ACL twice B has been in really loud venues, including obviously the Metrodome before us bank stadium. And you are at a distinct disadvantage as an offensive lineman, especially a tackle, under those circumstances. And while that's your job and that's why they pay you the big bucks, if you're coming off of an injury, uh, that puts you at a greater risk than uh, if you're playing at home with the crowd, which may occasionally chant Go Pack Go or do the wave when the team is on offense. So I think this makes sense. I'm not in any way surprised by it. Uh, I thought it was pretty clear all week long that Matt LaFleur was trying to keep the Vikings guessing, but I am sure the Vikings PR staff has informed their coaches of this report this morning, and I'm sure those coaches are very excited that uh, potentially Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith will be going up against Yash Nyman uh, and Royce Newman instead of David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Well, Jason, speaking of keeping people guessing, uh, Alan Lazard tried to keep you and everybody else guessing when you asked him about his foot-ankle injury. I think it was last week, and correct me if I'm wrong, he responded when you asked if he was going to be ready for week one. He said, sure, uh, which, yeah. <laughs> which I don't think is actually responding in the affirmative in any way. Uh, it's not looking like he's going to play today. What's your understanding of, A, what happened there in terms of how he got injured, and B, the, the severity and how long-term this might be? Yeah, so he says he got stepped on uh, by a defensive lineman in practice. So that is the genesis of the injury. Now, 
again, he he did work in the rehab group all week long, and he did look like he was moving pretty well. But, you know, again, cutting on an injured ankle while you're just running uh, around with the medical staff and the athletic training staff is not nearly the same as trying to do it, trying to beat an NFL cornerback and get open for Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, these are some less than ideal circumstances that are piling up here for a team that that wants to get out of the gate more quickly than it did last year. But I think it's important to remember that we thought this team was going to be a juggernaut last year, right? And they turned out to be. But that's not what we thought after the first game when they went to Jacksonville to play the New Orleans Saints because of Hurricane Ida, and they got just crushed 38-3. to And I do wonder... And I'm not saying that they're just punting on this game by any means, but I do wonder if that experience, while it motivated them in one way and made them think, you know what, we maybe need to consider playing these guys in preseason so they're ready for the opener because we weren't ready last year. I wonder if it also influenced them in the opposite way of saying, look, no matter how it may feel on game day, and even with it being a divisional opponent this year, it still is only one game. And we should be careful not to push our chips in too early just for one game. And so I do wonder if that's part of their thought process today and and playing it safe on a number of levels. Yeah, but Jason, I think you hit on it there. The big difference is last year was, you know, the the Saints, which is albeit an NFC opponent, but not in the division. Uh, This is the team that is probably your biggest threat in the NFC North this year. So still an important game nonetheless at at 325 this afternoon. Um, That Lazard injury leaves us with a wide receiver core of... Christian Watson, who is going to be taking his first NFL game snaps of any kind today, if he's active. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, Juwan Winfrey, Amari Rogers, Randall Cobb, and who am I missing? Samari Torre, is that it? Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, of course. Um, What did he look like from what you saw during practice throughout the preseason? Because we didn't see him in the preseason, but it almost seems like everybody else has had their moment or story over the last two and a half, three months. And Sammy's kind of been the quiet, go-about-your-business guy that hasn't popped in a good or bad way. What does he look like from your perspective? You know, he was pretty good against the Saints in those practices. I thought he was noticeably uh, making some plays in in those practices. I will say that. Um, Beyond that, though, you know, I just... And again, it's practice, right? So you got to be a little bit careful about getting too uh, high or low on what somebody does in practice. I, I totally understand that. But um, he, he's a veteran player who has obviously been through this before. He's experienced. Now he's in a new offense. He's, he's with a new team, but, and he's playing with a new quarterback. But he's, he's certainly a guy who... Um, who understands how to get himself ready for the season. Now, what he has not understood for his career, it would appear, has been how to keep himself healthy. And what was interesting was listening to him talk uh, throughout his time that we've had him in Green Bay, basically acknowledging what a bad job he had done throughout his career of making sure he was doing the things to keep himself healthy. I thought that was one of the more fascinating and self-aware conversations that I've had with a player in all my time covering the league. Um, 
he really took the blame for his career being disappointing. And while that does not make it okay, it at least, what's the old saying about uh, the first step in solving a problem is acknowledging that there is a problem. Like, not everybody does that. And so I do give him credit for having done that. That said, I mean, the bottom line is he's got to be he's got to be productive. He's got to they need him to be a, a good player this season. Uh, they need him to uh, be someone that Rodgers trusts, especially with the number of times that we've heard Aaron Rodgers kind of go out of his way to say that you know rookies, if you're not on the if you if I don't, if I can't trust you, you can't be out there. If you're going to drop balls, you can't be out there. Um, I think Romeo Dobbs, even if he isn't always trustworthy and does drop balls, he still is going to need to be out there. So it'll be interesting to see just how they go about uh, using those rookies today. But Sammy Watkins is going to have to play well for them. There's no question about that. Jason Wilde with us here across ESPN Wisconsin on Sunday. Karma, Brian D. in for Craig Karmazin. We are with you until Green Bay game day kicks off on the Tundra Trio Radio Network at noon. Jason, obviously a lot of question marks about the offense. Defensively, doesn't feel like there are as many. They've got difference makers uh, at each and every level. Rashawn Gary, Devondre Campbell, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes. The list kind of goes on and on and on. Who are you most excited to watch defensively for the Packers today? Well, the one I'm most curious about is certainly Quay Walker because they've put him in a, you know, they, they've really decided that their philosophy defensively has go, is going to be they're going to play a nickel group with two defensive linemen, two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers who stay on the field almost nonstop, and then three corners. Uh, they believe in playing their best 11, and they think that's their best 11. Uh, they're going to rotate defensive linemen. They feel like they've got a pretty good deep group there, but with Preston Smith and uh, Rashawn Gary on the outside, with Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell on the inside, and then those three corners, Jair Alexander, Razul Douglas, and Eric Stokes, uh, they think they've got the makings of a really good group. And then they, you know, they like Kenny Clark, obviously. He's a Pro Bowl player, but they're really excited about Jaron Reed, who they brought in in the offseason. Uh, they think that they've got one of the more underrated kind of lunch pail guys um, in Dean Lowry. They think TJ Slayton has really come on as a defensive lineman as well, to the point where I'm not sure how much we're going to see Devontae Wyatt today. Uh, I think they feel like they've got better options uh, than their other first-round picks. So they feel like they've got really good talent. But, again, this is another thing that's been something we've talked about so much all offseason season about how good this defense is going to be and how much talent they have. Well, all right, let's see him do it. And let's see him do it against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and what I would guess would be a revitalized Kirk Cousins who has had um, some, you know, some tough years in Minnesota where essentially his coach hated him, right? I mean, yeah. Mike Zimmer did not like him. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, if this is an opportunity for Kirk Cousins uh, with a coach that has kind of been tasked with getting the most out of him uh, to give him a real opportunity to play well. Yeah, Jason, I want to ask you more about that on the other side. And Jason Wildey had a fabulous sit-down conversation with the head coach of the Green Bay Packers that you can read in this morning's Wisconsin State Journal. We'll ask him about that on the other side as well. This is Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.
It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Brian Dean for Craig, Jason Wildy with us ahead of a 325 season kickoff for the Green Bay Packers. Our pregame starts at noon on the Tundra Trio Radio Network across ESPN Wisconsin. Jason, in our last segment, you mentioned Kirk Cousins, who has become um, he, he's become one of the, the favorite guys across the NFL to kind of poke fun at because he hasn't showed up in big moments and in big games, but. He could be revitalized under this new head coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell, up there in Minnesota. Um, what do you think is going to look different for the Vikings? We know about their weapons in terms of Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Um, how is this going to look different, do you think, for the Vikings? Because it's a similar sort of system that we've seen installed here in Green Bay. Yeah, and look, I don't want to uh, say that Kirk Cousins is anything like Aaron Rodgers. Um, although I'm sure there are Packers fans frustrated with some of his postseason performances of late where they might say, well, in big moments. Um, But the reality is this. Aaron Rodgers was coming off of 2018 season uh, where he and and obviously Mike McCarthy, uh, their relationship had run its course and Mike got fired. And, you know, Rodgers was not great in 18. Now we can point to the tibial plateau fracture he had in the opener. We can point to a bunch of different things that affected his performance. But the bottom line was he wasn't very good. And, you know, I don't think his relationship with Mike, I know he kind of pushed back on this when it was suggested to him in a question uh, that Jim Polzine asked for me since I missed Wednesday's locker room about having ups and downs with Mike. I remember very distinctly, a post-game press conference during the 2018 season when uh, I believe the Packers beat your beloved Buffalo Bills 22 to nothing. And Aaron Rodgers spent his press conference basically complaining about Mike McCarthy's game plan and how bad it was and how they didn't put enough points on the board, even though their defense had a shutout. Um, So that would seem to be up and down to me. And Matt LaFleur came in and you know, it took a while for them to get on the same page and to connect to the level that they are connected now. But, you know, they went 13-3, and three and Rodgers ha- finally had an offense that he really liked that was more innovative and more updated than what Mike had run. And I think that there are some similarities to what could happen with Kirk Cousins. Now, again, Kirk Cousins is not as good of a player as Aaron Rodgers is. No one would suggest that. But I do think you can suggest that this is an opportunity for Kirk Cousins to maybe reach his full potential. And, and he's had a bunch of different offensive coordinators in Minnesota. Like I mentioned earlier, it was clear that Mike Zimmer didn't trust in him or believe in him. And so I would think, and, and again, I don't cover the Vikings every day, but in talking to the guys up there, you know, I think that there's some, some hope and some excitement for him that this is, this is going to be his opportunity to shine. Now, he can go out there today and throw three really bad picks, and it doesn't matter how good Justin Jefferson is if you don't get him the ball consistently. But I think there's an opportunity here for, for the Vikings and for that offense with the weapons that he has at his disposal to be really good. Jason, take us inside your conversation with Matt LaFleur. We can obviously read about it at madison.com and in this morning's State Journal, but what stuck out to you from that conversation? You know, a couple of things. One, and, and I, I've tried to capture this in, in uh, tweeting out the story a couple of times, is that I, I, I totally understand that uh, fans sometimes get the sense, even though I don't know if it's necessarily true, 
that they they are more invested or care more or are hurt more by losses. And one thing that really came out during our almost hour conversation uh, last week was like Matt LaFleur, for all that he's accomplished, like it, it, it legitimately bothers him that they haven't done more with having, you know, the opportunities they've had uh, in the postseason. I mean, to have a buy in each of his first three years uh, to have had home field advantage, to have had the NFC championship game in your building uh, and not be able to capitalize on any of that. And then obviously last year he used the word debacle to describe it, which is, I would say, pretty accurate. I mean, it, it, it eats at him. And it doesn't matter that he's won more games than any coach in NFL history in his first three years and all that stuff. Like, it really doesn't. And he is a, he is a guy who is incredibly driven by winning. I think it's one of the reasons why him and Rodgers get along so well because they're both just hyper-competitive. And to get into the story, um, he and I have a mutual friend who's in the golf business, and they play golf a lot. And he, like, he sucks. He's a terrible golfer. <laughs> like, he's never broken a hundred, and it really makes him mad. And and our friend Sean is a is a scratch golfer, and Lafleur gets gets really angry that he can't beat Sean, who plays all the time and works for TaylorMade. And I thought it was a really interesting glimpse into just how he views winning and competition and how much he hates not being good at something. And so it has his bad golf game eats at him. And so do those playoff losses because he just, he, he knows that they should be better. I don't know if he can be better. Like he's got top of the line clubs now and he's still terrible. But <laughs> the other part that I thought was really interesting was that he, he, he basically acknowledged what we have all been talking about, which is nobody really knows how good this team is going to be this year or what the journey is going to look like. He admitted that there's more uncertainty than he's ever really had as a coach with this team. Uh, the defense is expected to be good. The special teams are expected to be better, but they don't have evidence of either of those things yet. And he really doesn't know what this offense is going to look like. He's got a new uh, two new right-hand men because he lost Nathaniel Hackett and he lost Luke Getze. Obviously, we've talked ad nauseum about the wide receiver situation. The offensive line, as we're finding out today, is going to be in upheaval at least for another week or two. So it's going to be a really interesting road for this team. And for him to have said, and, and I know he's used this with his team, no expectations means no limitations. Uh, which I told him, well, that sounds like a great phrase for Sydney's U-12 soccer team. I'm not sure in Town that people are going to like that phrase, but I think that's where they're at. They're in such an uncertain place, and I've been saying this all, all offseason, this is, uh, is as unsure of what a team will be that I have had to cover in my entire career, and this is your 27 for me. I just don't know. My gut tells me, they're going to be up and down and have a bunch of growing pains during the first two-thirds of the season. They're going to kind of start to put it together right before their bye week. Then they're going to have their bye. They've got four games to end the regular season, and they're going to be in a position where they could be the team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. But 
Again, we're a long way away from that starting today in Minneapolis. That's what makes it fun, though. It's the ups and downs, and every year is a little bit of a different journey. Last thing for you, Jason. We saw Aaron Rodgers get off the plane in Minnesota yesterday, debuting a new haircut. What'd you think? Uh, I do not watch um, Peaky Blinders. Nor do but I. I. I had a few people that said that that's the look that he's going for now. Um, again, I'm. I'm. Who am I to critique anyone's hair? Um, I'm just happy that I still have most of mine. Uh, but hey, if uh, if that makes him play well, instead of looking like uh, Nicholas Cage and Con Air, then I think Packers fans should embrace it. If he plays poorly, though, I guess then the question becomes: Does he does he go to a wig? What yeah. is his uh, what is his next move then? I think you got to get rid of it. Maybe just shave the head and go, you know, full Tony Smith or something. I don't know what you do. Like, hopefully, we're Smith. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we don't have to deal with that situation and we're just celebrating a great new haircut and a new Packers victory at about 7 o'clock tonight on Pack Attack. Jason, thanks as always. We will listen to you uh, throughout the day on the brand new Tundra Trio Radio Network. Sounds good, Brian. Thanks. Take care. Be good. That is Jason Wildy. Read that full conversation with Matt LaFleur right now. It is up madison.com and in this morning's Wisconsin State Journal. By the way, make sure you sign up for Cover 5. You've got a little over an hour to do so before the noon games kick off. Cover 5, our brand new contest, Cover5.com, Cover 5 app. It's free to play. You put no credit card information, no money down, no nothing. You make five picks against the spread every Sunday. You have an opportunity to win yourself $100 cash per week. And then a grand prize winner at the end of the season going to win a Tundra Trio experience. Next football season, the Tundra Trio is our luxury tailgate homes up there right in the shadow of Lambeau Field. It is terrific. So get signed up in the next hour. And we're going to make our Tundra Trio um, cover five picks in our player most picks coming up at the end of the show as well. Coming up next though, 7 at 11. First one of the football season. That's next on Sunday Karma across ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.